lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome to part two of Gojo with Mike Gola Jr. That's me. With me still, Brandon Newman and our lovely guest, Charlotte Wilder, who we are thrilled. We just had a great conversation about the Manti Teo documentary with. And now, before we get to anything else, we've got roses to give out here. We've got some very real things that happen in the world of sports this weekend. Uh, Charlotte, uh, you work with uh, the fine folks over at Fox Sports 1. You were a part of their coverage of college football last year on the digital side in a really exciting way. I don't know what exactly you can tell us about what you've got going on this year, but what is your fall going to look like now around college football season? I'm super psyched, Mike. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be back out there at games. Um, I can't like tell the whole scope of it because we've got. I think we'll have an announcement coming later this week. Um, but I'm really excited to to be on the road and, and meeting fans and trying to figure out these wacky worlds. Um, I'll definitely be at Alabama, Texas, which is a huge Ooh. game for Fox and is going to be really fun. I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's such a, um, I think last year the thing that was most moving to me about the whole experience is, you know, I didn't come from, I don't come from a world in which college sports were a big deal. I don't think I fully understood them um, until I started working in sports. And even then, I think last year was really eye-opening to me and, and really special because like college football is so much about home and all the people I met were so, were like, come on in. Like, we want to share this with you. We want to show you. It didn't feel like, oh, you didn't grow up in this? Then we're going to slam the door in your face. It was like, no, 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 please come in. Also, I think a lot of college football fan bases desperately need fans, so it's like a little bit more. Um, but yeah, so so I'll have we'll have like more details um, coming soon. But I'm really psyched. And just for a refresher, last year, how many campuses did you get to visit? What were what were kind of the highlights? You were going around. You and Mark Titus, who were doing a podcast together at the time, were going around doing podcasts and and, and basically setting the scene at a lot of these schools. Yeah. Uh, eight schools on the tour um and then i married a couple at texas a&m which is you know <laughs> a normal we're joking this year that we've got to, we've got to do a funeral <laughs> i yeah like what what else could you possibly do i'm still maybe? ordained baptism i don't know i get emails from the universal life church it's like it's your nine month anniversary reverend charlotte and i'm like oh i can't tell them i'm jewish they can't know um but i think yeah Ooh, so a bar, like a bar, bar mitzvah was, could be fun too that could be great oh yeah that could be great no, any see if i remember any hebrew there we go well I, lo- I just love that this entire podcast is uh this entire podcast is Universal Life Church members. That is We're true. <laughs> oh yeah, and you yes. married, you married my. Uh, yes, my love. Kristen Scott and, Kristen and, and Scott. Sean Hurley, uh, yeah. the homies, uh, the got homies. them together. Yes, Major uh, homies. <laughs> yes. I, I, shout, I, out, shout out! Shout out! Yeah, I was, I was just shout out. If you're in a production, y'all know who these people is. But let's right. keep it. We can keep. We can move on. All right. 
<laughs> well, guys, make sure you follow Charlotte All Fall at the Wilder Things on Twitter if you're somehow not already following the absolute gift to your timeline there. Charlotte's going to be all over <laughs> yeah. college football this fall, and it's going to be a great time. I'm hoping at some point in my travels we cross paths out on the road and can give yes. people the crossover event of the century. So we'll speak that into existence. Won't he hopefully do it? I would love that so much. All right. We will all we will all lift that up in prayer and have Brandon include that in his bedtime prayers with Mac and Carter at some Thank point in the coming weeks. We appreciate that. <laughs> In the meantime, it is Monday around here at the Gojo Show, and we have a now week-old tradition where we decided in honor of the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise, which, as Charlotte has pointed out in the past, much like Taylor Swift, is absolutely sports and has a home on this podcast. It is certified. The thumbs up. Um, We wanted to give out roses on this podcast for people, anything in sports, pop culture, movies, otherwise over the weekend that we feel like we want to take with us on this romantic journey that is our relationship with sports. We each get two roses to give out coming off the weekend. And so, Charlotte, since you are our guest, I want to cede the floor to you and start off with you in the rose ceremony. We'll all do one at a time, but I want to give you the first rose to hand out in today's rose ceremony. Wow, Mike, what an honor. I just want to thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I'm speaking from the heart when I say to the Junior Bake Off competition on Netflix, will you accept this rose? Wow. Wow. Are you guys watching? I am not. No, do I need to be? I am not. Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, Great British Bake Off. Are we, do we know? Are we fans? Are we, are we here with me? Okay, great. Um, by the way, I think at some point I'm going to have to just have a great British Bake Off podcast. Like, I think that that at some point in my career might need to be the direction I go in. Um, anyway, I'm obsessed. I, I love this show so much and I put Netflix on and it says Junior Bake Off. And I was like, no, it, it can't be. I was like, you're telling me. I thought it was good. You know how they tease you with those holiday specials and it's like four people come back and it's one episode and you're like, oh, it's almost like worse than I wish they wouldn't do it because I want a whole season. This is a whole season of children baking. (laughs) And it is the most chaotic, funniest, endearing programming i have ever seen in my entire life the kids they're dropping cakes everywhere they pick cupcakes up off the floor and put them back in they're just like squirting frosting everywhere and they're like oh this looks good and they don't care they're all like well here's this it's like it's like when people try those baking fails but like they're really trying because they just don't have their fine motor skills developed yet (laughs) and then some of them are just like unbelievable i cannot I cannot say enough good things about this show. There's this one kid, Finn, who wears his name on a headband and his armbands. And he's like, the headband's on. You know that the game is on. Because they're all British. They're British children. Oh. (laughs) I didn't know they made those. Somebody made those. I thought Brits all just came out as fully grown adults capable of riding whatever public transportation (laughs) their city had. But no. (laughs) no these kids are oh my god and there's charlie and there's oh my i mean just like truly i cried when each like when they sent them home i'm not gonna lie i tear i teared up every time that they sent a kid home and the kids would be crying but then at the end they'd be like i'm just so happy to be here i made lifelong friends and i can't I can't stop smiling. See how I'm smiling? Like that's what this. You gotta watch this show. I hope everyone I can experience that there this. There were joy. bad ones because I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought there were only good kids that that were baking. Well, that's when I've seen no, because Charlotte's right. Like good. some of this is just kids can only do so much at that point in their development. Like I have seen a lot of um, Master Chef Junior with Gordon Ramsay, or at least yeah. the clips, because I just love because Gordon Ramsay is so nice to these kids and wraps his arms around them and then motherfucks these people and calls them idiot sandwiches if they're adults. <laughs> so it is perfect, but Charlotte, tell me if it's consistent on this show, because I feel like no matter what Junior cooking show it is, Every kid neglects plating as a part of their process. They can do most of the other stuff, Ooh. but they have no eye for plating whatsoever, usually. Well, the funniest thing about this is that half 
of baking is what it looks like. And that is what is so absolutely hilarious because the whole point is like it has to be it's a self-portrait made out of biscuits and you're like there is no way that this is gonna end well and it's just like totally wild they're like i'm really struggling with words because like these kids will present things and not be embarrassed at all and you look at it and you're like that is not edible <laughs> and and you know what god bless these judges the judges are liam oh i can't remember his name and he was a contestant and then um a woman named rav and they're lovely that but they eat everything these kids make and you're like their grubby little hands are all over it like oh. i was watching with my boyfriend and he was like i'm sorry but these are heroes these judges are heroes they're actually eating like he was like i cannot believe like all of that's been on the floor and then put back into a mixing bowl <laughs> and you see it and they're eating it and but at, they're also like they're very kind to them but they're also constructive they'll be like you know what I think that the intention was there. I think maybe if you're a little neater and you bake the cake so it's not raw, and then we dial back the food coloring and maybe do less cinnamon, you're going to be on the right track. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're talking about actual edible food here. If you could just get those things in line. All right. Man. And they look at each other. Sorry, one other thing. When, they have, when there's a kid who actually makes something good, the judges look at each other in shock. They're like, this oh, is God. incredible. <laughs> He's the chosen one. Welcome, yeah. welcome, sweet lad. Sorry, that was way too long for my first No, rose, it, was, it was perfect, and no, everyone no. heard the palpable joy. If anyone is going to go and watch anything off recommendation after this show, it is going to be this, because you sold it so well. So Thank you. That was an incredible my first goodness. rose. It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year and is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Please don't make me follow that up. All right, no, you know what? I will I will follow. This actually helped me organize my rose-based thoughts on this one because I am also going to go away for the field uh, originally on this and say my first rose is going to the movie Dragon Ball Super Superheroes that I saw over the weekend. Wow. Um, Talk to I, us about it. Yeah, so this movie is comfort food in anime form. It is about puddle deep. There is absolutely nothing earned about the plot line. It is a, as I saw someone put it in a review, a wonderful love letter to, I think, one of the most wholesome relationships in the Dragon Ball universe, which is Gohan and Piccolo. Piccolo is not the stepdad. He's the dad who stepped up while Goku was away constantly training and trying to fight, which in this movie, again, is the case as the world is going to shit. It's awesome animation. It's a bunch of guys, as another one of my friends put it, doing space karate and then screaming their hair different colors along the way. It was exceptional. It was me and a bunch of nerds in a movie theater at like midnight on a Thursday night. There was clapping. I was clapping. I... It was, I did the one thing I said to never do in movie theaters or when planes land is to applaud as if there was some sort of like actual performer there who cares about your feedback. And I did it anyway. It elicited that kind of response. So great time. I will not give any other spoilers other than to say, stick around after the credits. Awesome stuff there. Very, very <laughs> meaningful moment for longtime fans of the franchise. 
Wow, Mike. Yeah, I don't. That e- joy. There was joy in that. Uh, yeah, I don't expect anyone to have a rebuttal either. I recognize I'm pretty far out there on the anime tip in front of most people, but I this just th- I had to share it with everybody because I know that at some point along the way there are p- other people out there who are going to know, who are going to care, and who are going to be excited this movie's finally available in the U.S. But Mike, 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 I do have an issue with you continuing to push this narrative as if Dragon Ball Z is like quintessential anime when we know it is quintessential what popcorn like it is like very oh yes you already said it you already said the barrier entry is very low but like it's easy for us to love dragon ball z and claim we love anime i feel like everyone else who loves anime is looking at us like football players (laughs) well i mean listen not to like tout my own credentials here but like i actually do this on the anime front i've watched death i've watched a bunch of these other shows that's not the point you're allowed to like what you like this is a gateway drug it's nostalgia from our childhood it's weirdly popular with a ton of young athletes still which always blows me away but Dragon Ball Super Superheroes go check it out in theaters it is a wonderful good bit of time sometimes I feel like I grew up under a rock because we're the same age and I didn't know what Dragon Ball Z was until Chance rapped about it so you know like I don't know where I was for all of this but I don't understand most of what you just said and it makes me think I've got to give it a shot you were you were off somewhere being far smarter and more cultured than I was. I'll say and that. I was just reading Little Women thirteen times or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Brandon, you have your you have the floor now. What is your first rose, Brandon? Oh man, I just it just feels so empty. It just feels so empty in comparison. No, say it. You guys have really good ones. I mean, I have a really bad one after this. Oh, re- oh do, do you actually? Oh yeah, okay. it's sports okay. related and it's awful. Okay, 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 okay. I'll do my sports-related now, and then I'll flip it, and I'll be the entertainment on the other side. Honestly, guys, I wanted to give a rose to Josh Dobbs. I don't know if you guys saw the the backup quarterback for Cleveland Browns. He's, He's even behind Jacoby Brissett. He had a really, really good evening, like... Uh, 10 of 14. Gardner Minshew had better numbers, but Josh Dobbs had a more impressive performance. He's a former Vols uh, from Tennessee. I think their running back is also a Tennessee, uh, the the running back that was with him uh, with the Cleveland Browns. What I don't like, though, is that I'm giving anything to the Cleveland Browns because what they have done is they have made their entire offense based off of what Deshaun Watson is, ugh, and then taking a bunch of people that are Deshaun Watson B's and C's and yeah. let them try to work through the offense. And honestly, I like this version of the Cleveland Browns sans Deshaun Watson. Like I like the the to see them try to like slowly methodically get down the field and and deal with the uh, have a quarterback that can kind of get out and, and uh, you know run out of bounds to get close to the first down. I don't know all that dumb type of shit. But I actually was really happy to see Josh, Josh Dobbs go succeed for the first time in a long time. I wonder if Even if it wasn't a preseason. I wonder if we're going to get to the point that they mentioned a bunch on the broadcast about how Josh Dobbs is like a rocket scientist when he was at Tennessee and all that stuff that we used to fall back on in the broadcast booth. I'll, I'll say this. I watched it in a bar, so I got to, I got, I was spared the, the commentary. So Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's a reminder. There's a really good football team in Cleveland. They've just decided to complicate <sighs> it with a quarterback who has done reprehensible things that we now all have to grapple with every time we look in that team's general direction. So celebrating Josh Dobbs, cool, but celebrating the rest of what the Browns have done, really, really tough. Yeah, like, oh, God. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. Those, no, those, I know, I'm sorry. We don't have to ruin your experience. I just, I'm happy when guys have a moment when they maybe weren't expecting or the narrative wasn't supposed to give them a moment and maybe that'll land him somewhere else at some point. Maybe that's what he needs to, for himself, like, great. Yeah. You know, and I a, love that. Had a good viral moment um, where his undershirt got ripped off on a t- right before a touchdown run. So yeah. people latch on to yeah. that and maybe it will be uh, what he needs. So, all right, one rose there out for go. everyone involved in this one. Charlotte, we're back around to you. Your second rose goes to... My second rose, it might be, like, wilted with all the petals falling off, but it goes to John Gruden, who apparently pulled out of bringing Tom Brady to the Raiders at the last moment, knowing that he could get Brady and Gronk, and was like, 
And this, this now, and Gronk um, had Dana White, the UFC overlord, um, told the story on the Gronk cast during a UFC fight. And, and Rob Gronkowski, he was like, tell it. Tell the story. And first of all, so ballsy to me. Like, anytime yes. people say real information, I'm like, oh, that was so brave, <laughs> which is, like, such a sad way that media is. But right. he was like, yeah, John Gruden didn't want – it's also, like, come on, such a low bar. Like, Gruden was fired for being racist and sexist and homophobic and, like, all the bad things you could be. And now they're like, oh, yeah, and he didn't want Tom Brady. And it's like, first of all, I can't quite see Tom Brady in Vegas, but, like, whatever. And then I saw – I can't remember where I saw it, but someone was like, John Gruden is now responsible for both of Tampa Bay's Super Bowls. Wow, I love that. Because he coached that 01 team or 2001 team, and yeah, I I was like, because it took me a second. I was like, Brady's only won one, and then I was like, oh, it's it's so true. And in both cases, you could say largely with someone else's players as a part of that process. But it's Charlotte. That was, I think, the most shocking story from over the weekend. Is and then Gronk, after Dana White said it, was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened, and I'm very happy it worked out the way it did. And we're all just sitting here going. Yeah, he was yeah. like, I love Tampa. <laughs> like, Michael Eves is sitting there hosting that. Like, holy shit, did I, like, did we just break some sort of news? Because then everyone immediately went back to that clip from the shop where Tom Brady is talking about a team that approached him in free agency. That, that, he says, like, that motherfucker, yeah. Derek Carr. I mean, but it, he didn't say the name. He didn't say the name. So now everyone's like, do you mean Derek Carr? Because I feel like people don't yeah. swear when <laughs> they talk about You're supposed to use your Derek church voice Carr. talking about Derek Carr. No, Tom Brady does because he's like that motherfucker. But like, like we all we all thought it was and Jimmy G or listen, other people, we, and now uh, it's like, oh no, this is very clearly because they said it fell apart at the last minute. And you go back and watch that clip, and it is a hundred percent him talking about Derek Carr, which is going to probably make the Pro Bowl this year pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. Stop. stop. Derek Carr better hope he gets to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Devontae Adams better hope Derek Carr makes the Pro Bowl. But right. <laughs> my favorite part that was about a, that, that was a layered was, take. Yeah, right, that was right, a really, right. really good take. <laughs> so I think I, the crazy thing about it was I was working from Brother from Another with uh, Michael Smith and Michael Holly, and they had Derek Carr on at the American Century Link, uh, the golf tournament in Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. And Michael Smith, being a, the journalist that he is, straight up asked Derek Carr, like, did you hear Tom Brady's quote? Did you hear that he, he thought that everyone thinks it's you? And and Derek Carr's like, oh yeah, he's like, I got I got good from him from good information that he wasn't talking about me, and and if he was, like, you know, I'm a grown man, we can see each other, we can see each other uh, in person about that stuff. But he's like, but well, I'm not I'm not worried about that. I'm and they got into all the people always dragging his name down in his career, and I love that moment because I was like, okay, Derek Carr may have been lied to, but it's such an important lie that he had to go out and tell the world, like, hey guys was not talking Tom Brady not talking about me he was talking yeah. about a different motherfucker like we can do, <laughs> I, I, I'll give you the list of names that my agent told me it was other than me but definitely not talking about me and guess what this is the last thing Derek Carr needs going into the season I know <laughs> I know I know actually he was talking about you you motherfucker <laughs> I mean well, and now it's not just being that motherfucker but it's also like everyone in Vegas is sitting here going oh, we could have had that. So now it's not just going to be Derek Carr going out and being his best self this season. It's, are you Tom Brady this season? Because that's what we could have had, and now yeah. we don't. Oh, yeah. my God. But that's really, that's really a decision to just torpedo morale. That's a decision to throw mm. a grenade into a locker room before the season even starts. But it's also the truth. It is. So... Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? I want, I wonder that's true because I wonder who people will be madder at. I feel like Vegas fans are going to be mad at John Gruden for this for all the reasons that you would expect. But Rob Gronkowski may be acting as an agent of chaos on behalf of the Buccaneers camp right now, throwing a scud missile inside of that because he's retired with, apparently according to him, without any qualms about that decision, without any desire to come back right now. And so he just picked up a call like, oh, we need to drop the story now to make sure that nothing funny happens with the Raiders. Done. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Damn. What's, what's So that's my rose. All right. An incredible rose. 
And I, I, again, the biggest story of the se- the biggest story of this weekend in sports. So absolutely deserves a rose. Definitely. Uh, I am going to go with yeah. my second rose. I'm actually going to stick with uh, that UFC fight, and it's not going to go to Leon Edwards, who defeated Kamara Usman in the main event on that card with in spectacular fashion like was down into the fifth round two minutes left it was a foregone conclusion he was done and then one roundhouse or not one roundhouse kick but one kick to the face to the chin of Kamara Usman sent him packing he was super emotional after it was awesome it was a great moment and by most people's reaction after that like watching John Anik and Joe Rogan and uh Daniel Cormier they're like this might be one of the biggest if not the biggest upset in the history of the UFC that was incredible But my rose goes to Luke Rockhold, who is 37 years old, had not fought for a couple of years, and essentially came back to try and go forward and compete on this card in UFC 278. And in the media day lead up to this, slammed the UFC and Dana White for their practices and business practices, their treatment of fighters, took to media day, went at them so hard that they actually would not upload this to their main page on the YouTube, on their UFC YouTube, after this happened. That was how hard he went at Dana White and the UFC. He said, they need to grow. This whole fucking thing needs to grow together. Our lives are on the effing line. Healthcare needs to be taken care of. Our healthcare needs to be taken care of. Mine has not been taken care of. He went that out, followed that up by going out in the fight and absolutely getting his ass whooped. Somehow managed to survive till the end of that fight there against all odds. He was fighting against uh, Paulo Costa, who looks like he was carved out of marble, beat him silly for most of it, but he survived till the end long enough to rub blood that was gushing out of his nose all over the face of his opponent in the final holdup. It was one of the grossest things I've ever seen watching a legitimate blood sport where this guy is on top of him, blood pouring out of his nose and just rubs it all over the other guy's face. And then the reason he's getting the Rose gets up after the fight and says, I can't do this shit anymore. I'm too old. I'm done. And announces his retirement in that fashion in the most deeply relatable way possible where someone in their mid thirties is like, yeah, I'm too old for this level of physical exertion. Count me out. Oh my God. I didn't know. Bravo. Yeah. It, to that man. it makes you think he came back just to like have a platform to rip them apart. More or less, that's what it seemed Listen, like. He went I'll... out like an absolute G. So, which is very brave. I mean, also cover their health care. Yeah, right. Like, just as a base level, we know that for a long time, oh, Dana my. White and the UFC have not always operated in a way that's felt fair to the people that are putting their bodies on the line. We've seen a lot of fighters pop off like this, but this man went out in a flaming blaze of very bloody glory. Hey, I love it, and I, I love to see him leave on top. Luke Rockhold, uh, Santa Cruz, I, I saw him fight at UFC 199 in the Forum. That was when they, I don't know if you guys, the only thing that really came from that fight was uh, them announcing that uh, Brock Lesnar was coming back. Uh, but <laughs> He lost to Michael Bisping, like when he was like at, at the top, and we went to the after party in downtown LA, and Luke Rockhold, cauliflower ear, big nose, like like uh, ice on the eye, and he was partying, drinking it up, like asking my one of the shots. Like I was, I was like impressed by. I had never seen the back half of a UFC fight, so I didn't see. The, and Nate Diaz was there, like changing, like it was cool to see them kind of. <laughs> take the gloves off but like actually like really like seemed like they didn't really care that much at the end of the fight as well well luke rocco was the one so he seems like to be the one he's more sensible about it he had this plan a long time well, ago. i mean he's he's accomplished a lot like he was a former middleweight uh middle yeah. uh yeah middleweight champion um in the ufc for a while super well respected around the sport but yeah listen i mean it was when you're done you're done you can do all the work and everything leading up to it you've done all that work you might as well party a little bit afterward win lose or draw so nothing but respect for my president on that front um brandon (laughs) the final rose is yours what do you got there bud well you said when you're done you're done and i completely understand that someone who is not done is Issa ray of the insecure fame I don't know if you know, she has a new series out. She has a reality TV called Sweet Life that I really don't watch at all. But this new anime or this new uh, scripted series, Rap Shit, that's on HBO Max. Charlotte, have you you checked? Okay, let me tell you. 
It is so good. It is so great. It is so spot on. Issa is a great writer, but I think specifically for this generation, seeing ourselves live through social media on screen is like something we've never seen before. So something they do that's really cool is like basically uh, you. A lot of people have tried to do this kind of like putting the the our phone screens on the big on the big screen and trying to tell the story. But they have it perfectly because they have like Instagram stories when everyone's like someone's checking up on somebody that they don't know about. And it, everything's centered up in the middle, Mike. I'm just a nerd about this, like as if it's your iPhone. So like all the actions in the middle and everything else is just like the background. And then there's uh, basically they, they address the female gaze and how men are trying to try to push push towards that and how these there's two different women it's almost as if it was like a fictional version of uh the city girls in miami coming up in their rap, rap rays and the two very different girls and uh them just trying to really create but also trying to be vulnerable during this digital media age uh but i say all this stuff it sounds pretty boring but it's actually really really funny really original it's set in miami uh they go to new york for episodes and in atlanta they, they bounce around but i just i'm I, it's it's really good to see just women black women being funny on screen rapping creating it's like uh it's inspiring me to write and just create because that's where it comes from like that's where all the good shit just comes after you get the shit out you know what I mean? And they're struggling with real life things like raising children and and a job and, uh, you know, all those types of insecurities and things like that. But it's it's very funny. It's very uh, surprisingly very lighthearted, even though all the things I said seem very heavy. Um, but I was, I'm just very proud of Issa Rae and, and thankful that even after Insecure has ended and it was a very a great success for her, a bunch of different Emmy nominations for this last season. She's continuing to create for, for HBO. That's awesome because I. I watched the trailer and I thought it looked great. Um, and I have, I got sucked into Junior Bake Off. So I'll, you know, I'll put on my big girl pants and I'll watch her. <laughs> when I'm ready to take the plunge. Exactly. Junior you know Bake what else? Rap shit. What else? One more thing um, I've been watching that I've been enjoying is Industry. Have you guys watched no. that? No. No, I it's didn't. It's on H- the second season, right? Yeah. It started, I watched the first season and I really, really liked it. Um, and the second season, there's three episodes out, maybe four by the time this comes out. Um, but it's like the almost financial sector mashup of like girls and succession. It's bizarre. Ooh. And I don't understand anything they're talking about with finance. Um, I had to Google. I spent like a lot of time after I watched the show Googling like what all these financial terms. And I still don't know. But um, it's really fun. Isn't it British? Oh, yes. So I only watch British things, apparently. Charlotte's indoctrinated (laughs) yourself into the culture. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno classic crust pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game winning call and grab a DiGiorno classic crust pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Yeah, what? Like, why? What am I doing? You know what? Why not? Why not? Why not? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) So there you go. Rose Ceremony, a lot of great TV to potentially check out for everyone involved here. Tons of stuff that you want to get to on that. Um, Charlotte, I mentioned it off the top, and I feel like in light of talking about this with Tom Brady and what happened with this Las Vegas Raiders deal that didn't end up happening, we need to have the conversation about the other elephant in the room, or it could be an elephant or any number of characters here. Tom Brady has been notably absent from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers training camp for the last couple of weeks. It was an absence that um, head coach Todd Bowles said they knew about in advance, they knew it was going to be, and now all the reports are saying they expect Tom Brady to be back very soon in training camp with the Bucs. And I forget who first posited the theory. So Charlotte, if you remember, feel free to correct me on this. But it got thrown out there that someone posited the theory that Tom Brady, who recently had that whole deal where he signed the you know contract in the future for what he'll be with Fox Sports as an analyst for them on the football side, that that connects him somehow to the possibility of being the masked singer on one of Fox's most popular singing contestant game shows. So Charlotte, I, I know you said you have a lot of thoughts on this. 
first off, did I get anything wrong there? Are we at the right place with this? Totally right place. I I don't. I also don't know where I first saw this. I saw someone quote tweeting someone else on Twitter who had suggested that this was a possibility, and I have not been able to stop thinking about it all weekend. And I didn't. I didn't use this as my rose because I really want this to be its own conversation. You guys, I think it's true. I think Tom Brady is the masked singer because he would have made this deal in retirement. Retire quote retirement. Um, he signs with, he signs to be my colleague. He's like, Charlotte Wilder works at Fox Sports. I gotta go. We're paid the same amount. It's awesome. (laughs) Um, kidding. He, I think the only way that I, this is so Tom Brady too, to be like, oh, I made a commitment and it's to this network that I'm going to work for, who's going to be my future team, so I can't back out. But now I have to play quarterback, but I'm really good at quarterback, so I don't think anyone would care if I miss a few preseason games. And the reason that I think it has to be the Masked Singer is because they don't know exactly how long he was going to be gone for. They had an idea, but maybe isn't, isn't it like a time-based show where like you could stick around longer or shorter I might be wrong. I've I've only seen like clips, um, but I think that's what it has to be. Either that or like some sort of you know uh, cosmetic procedure that he hadn't already booked. Right. Well, I thought that or like even a family vacation, Charlotte, because what you pointed out, Tom Seriously, Brady did, did not have a normal off season, and we know part of his qualms, you know, his thing coming back was. Hey, I haven't necessarily been able to be there for my family in all the ways I've wanted to as my kids have grown older. And I said I could have very easily seen Giselle saying, Hey, we booked this trip to such and such with all of our kids when you said you were going to be retired. We all supported you in coming back out of retirement. You're going to be on that fucking plane, Tom. You're going to be on that plane. Yes. I almost tweeted that when I found out he was good. I was almost like, what if he just wants to take the planned family vacation? Like, I think sometimes people think that athletes and sports is way more complicated than it is. Yes. I think this one's very simple. And you know what? I understand why we're all doing the thing because we're all very worried that, you know, it could potentially be, you know, a health issue with a relative. Although when it was said that we knew this in advance, unless Todd's just lying on Tom's behalf. We felt like it kind of took that off the table. But, Charlotte, you're absolutely right. And furthermore, it's a reminder, when you're great at something, you kind of get to call the shots like this. I had a buddy that played D3 football. He was a D1-level defensive end that decided he didn't want to do all the rest of that stuff. He wanted to play D3 football and get after it. Had like 100 tackles a season playing D-tackle, which shouldn't be possible. And one year during training camp, he decided he was going to go to a Taylor Swift concert with my sister and miss time in training camp. And they're like, okay, we'll see you back at the next practice. And he went and saw Taylor Swift with my sister during training camp and so it's one of those things that if you have the ability to people will usually make those kind of concessions so if tom brady wants to go be the mass singer i feel like the bucks would have to be fine with that you know i think think, yeah yeah, go brandon i just think i think he i think he's definitely the mass singer right now (laughs) i think because i think that because if it was a family vacation he would have said it because Mm. imagine him getting caught in in uh i don't know where he goes but uh, Italy, but imagine him getting caught. And I think I think there's a reality to the fact that this is going to come out, and he's going to be he's going to love those headlines when it when it does. I think it, it starts airing a month from now, September 21st. This the masked singer does. This is around the time yep. where AB a- went missing, like all these different people that was like, oh, like I don't Gronk. Like, Gronk was the masked over- singer. Oh. This is a this is a sweet this is a sweet spot. This is a sweet spot. He's, I think he is one hundred percent. Like I, you talking about like worrying about Mike said we're all worried about a family. I have not worried about Tom Brady, <laughs> not a family, not a near family member, not his relationship, not his wife. Everything. When I heard that he was leaving somewhere, I was like, oh, exactly what you was talking about, uh, Mike, with, with your boy to play D three ball. I was like, oh, Tom Brady don't want to be there no more. Tom Brady want break, yeah. So he's gonna get a break. Here's the thing, guys. There is enormous power in knowing that an institution needs you more than you need the institution. Mm -hmm. You've got got them feet to the fire. If you want to be the mass singer, you're the mass singer. If you want to go to a Taylor Swift concert, 
you're yelling play Freebird at that stage. Like this is not, this is how it works. This is how the world works. If you are blessed enough to be in a position where someone needs you more than you need them, if you're not a jerk and you're not manipulative about it, you can really call the shots. Yeah, I mean, listen, Kevin Durant just said he wants the GM and the coach gone in Brooklyn, for God's sake. I know. True. Like, Tough you can do. You can, do, you can do whatever you want. I wonder, even further with this, maybe Gronk lobbing the story to the timeline was to take some heat off this discussion because the Fox execs were a little worried that everyone was going to know he wow. was the masked singer. And so now you've got to make sure there's a bigger story wow. out there about Tom Brady in the ether. And maybe we focus a little bit less on this masked singer business because they don't want to give away the whole game. That's blowing my... That's genius. That's, that's smart, Mike. Oh, my God. I... Wow. I mean, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me, let's go this, let's just, let's just operate as if he did. He's mass singer, right? We're not going to guess the costume because they get, they do ridiculous stuff. What song is Tom Brady singing? Ooh. Wow. How does it work? They come out and sing a song. They come out, they, they sing it. They have a, they have a big costume on. You're like, whatever the costume yeah. is, he could come out looking like a, you know, what would Tom Brady be? Just a regular robot, a clone, a clone of Tom Brady. <laughs> He's gonna come out in a clone of Tom Brady costume. He sings the mic and the performance, and then the uh, the guests are the the host guests, right? And then, but also, I think America gets a guest. Yeah. So the so there's a waiting period. All the people, all the people go, and then they, you break it down to like the final three of like the worst, right? So you only get unmasked if you're the worst. As well, oh, like you got to you, you got to get basically voted. You got to get voted like oh, like bottom whatever, and then and then once they say who it is, they take the big helmet off, and then it's all the the mute, dun, 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 all that stuff, right? That takes about four days for the first round, in my opinion. Like, well, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah, Brady, production wise. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Tom Brady knows he's not going to be in there very long. He's out there. I, I'm I'm hoping he sings. Dirk's Bentley don't take the girl. Like, I, but I, I don't know. That's well, just see, I, I was thinking about me. what Tom, like what it would be, because thematically, I thought something really ham fisted, like we are the champions would make a lot of sense, given Tom's background. But oh, then okay. I think about vocal yeah. range, and I'm not really sure what kind of voice Tom has. And I always think of my dad's go to karaoke song, which is Brandy by The Looking Glass. Oh, because it's right in so every good. adult male's general wheelhouse as far as what you can hit octave wise. I know every single word to that song. As do I. Yeah. Anyway. It's fantastic. Okay. It's the first time I've heard of it. I see what you're saying, Mike. I see what you're saying. I feel like Tom Brady is smart enough to know that his brand needs to be surprising. I feel like Tom Brady has been really good at, like, when I wrote that whole story about his social media, it'd be, it, it was because I was stalking it for, you know, since 2015 because I was like, Tom Brady's not supposed to be funny. He'd already been in league for 15 years, and he threw us a curveball. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be funny. And I was like, what? And then I think that what he's doing now is really trying to show everybody that they don't know everything about him, which is tough when people mostly do, so you've got to start switching it up. So I, I could see him singing like... I could see him going like Taylor Swift. I could see him doing like mm. Dua Lipa. I could see him doing something like mm. like being really petty and doing like Fortunate Son as like a dig at Belichick. Like Ooh. I could see him getting really meta with this. Or what about what about Nelly Furtado's "I'm Like a Bird"? I always fly away. Yes, totally. Oh man. Or like a break like breakup song, or I mean, or maybe something like. Um, yeah, I don't. It, Ooh, like well, I mean, speaking of Taylor, oh. we are never getting back together. Yeah, like imagine. Yes. <gasps> Ooh, or to to the to the Raiders. I see you driving around town <laughs> with a girl I love, and I'm like, wow. Forget you. Oh, you know what? Can As Brandon a, sing? A sneaky, sneaky. It Can pops up every sing? now and then. You'd be saying it, Brandon. Do you know oh. that he's the masked singer? Because you're one of the masked singers. <laughs> no, he wasn't on that small crew, uh, carnival cruise ship that I was singing on. But no, no, it was. Wow, I didn't see time. 
At, you know what? At Gojo Show on Twitter. Download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And tell us what song you think Tom Brady's singing if he is, in fact, the mass singer, which we're now almost entirely certain that he is. Also, um, while we're doing call-outs, tell me what you want to see from college football season. Like, if I'm going around hanging out with fans, is there any must-have experience that you think I need to... I need to check out well, or know about. Charlotte, I would start off with this one because I saw Jane Costin tweeting about this and you commented as well. You mentioned at Texas A&M that you set a wedding or set a wedding. They were talking, uh, I saw on the Wikipedia page that Jane posted about Miss Reb, their mascot, that apparently the dog has a phone number that we need to get this year. Oh, yes, you're right. I gotta, I gotta look into that. I gotta, I've got some connections to. I know Miss Rev's people. I didn't get her phone number. Uh, that'll be my mission this year. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know this, on Miss Rev, the mascot at Texas A&M's Wikipedia page, she's a rough collie. She is not a border collie. She's a rough collie. Do not make that mistake. She is required to be addressed by All freshman right. cadets as Miss Rev, ma'am. She is the only canine on campus other than service animals. And it's widely a held tradition that if she decides to sleep in a cadet's bed, that cadet is required to sleep on the floor. She also, apparently, if she barks in class, that class is canceled after she barks. So I got intel on all this because I I woke up at 4 a.m. to meet this dog last year. I raised the flags at Texas A&M with this dog. She's incredible. Um, The... Each year it rotates the cadet who's in charge of taking care of her. Um, it's a very select interview process. They have to, like, really go through the ringer to get selected. It's a sophomore. And this kid, I, I wish I could remember his name right now. He was so sweet. Um, and I was like, so is this really true? I'm, I went to breakfast with Miss Rev. Miss Rev, went, I went to class with Miss Rev. And I was like, if she barks, like, will the professor actually let you out and he was like you know some of them definitely like some of them are way are like play along more than others he was like some of them don't but like yeah sometimes and i was like is it true like do you not sleep in your bed he was like oh yeah if she's in the bed like you're not you don't sleep in it and i was like this is she's the highest ranking member of the corps of cadets she's like a six-star dog and again, she has. She's also the softest dog you've ever touched. I mean, she's got to be incredibly so well cared for. You're right. Yeah, she's so lovely. I love Miss Rev. Oh my god, I, I I have a joke on stage that I say uh, my dog is mixed. Uh, my wife my wife is white, and I say my dog is mixed because he when he barks at people, he scares the people. You know, traditionally like like a, a black dog should, but he sleeps in the bed like a white dog. So uh, it sounds like. Uh, Got a Caucasian uh, Miss, Miss yeah. Rev, ma'am. She, oh, yeah. she also has her own oh, cell yeah. phone, which is operated by the mascot corporal. So, Charlotte, I feel like that is our shared mission this fall. One of us has to get Miss Rev's digits. Yep. Yep. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Something else I need you to do, Charlotte. Yeah. I don't care where the university is. Uh-huh. I don't care what the game is. But I need, um, I need a profile on the home team's scout team. Oh. Okay. 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 Like this is this is this a little bit deeper because I'm telling you from from my perspective, uh, as a scout team player at Notre Dame, we had something called the Walk of Shame. Mike remembers it, right? Where all of these scout team players who weren't allowed to travel to the hotel for the game that's on campus, right, have to meet up at North Downing Hall in our suits like everyone else there are going to uh, like dress like football players but amongst the regular students getting eggs waiting in line like everyone else is and everyone's like are you guys going to play in the game like what's going on and then there's this confusing extremely embarrassing moment where we're walking to wherever the other players are going to be and people on campus don't know where to clap don't know where to jeer like they think we're the other team like they're they're so confused by this like small group of very large gentlemen that are just looking very disheveled and 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 disappointed because they're not playing (laughs) that day and so i would i would like for you to do some digging and find out about the scout team and and what their what their game day uh regiment is that's that's absolutely brilliant i'm so grateful for that idea that is that is incredible 
it, the, Thank you. I, I the most famous it. instance of that on Notre Dame's campus was at one point, because again, it's the non-travel, it's the guys red-shirting that aren't playing, walking over to the stadium, and this was at some point before Brandon and I got there. This is a story that we heard secondhand of that group of players walking from the dining hall to meet the team that was a part of the guys that were actually going to play that day. And the people started clapping and then all of a sudden stopped and one person very loudly yelled, wait a minute, that's not the team. Where's Brady? Referencing Brady Quinn. So that is what non-travel breakfast is like on game weekend. And that's the story we hope Charlotte can tell. Okay. Mike, you you weren't around you weren't around to hear that, but guess what? I was around to hear it. And it wasn't even a Brady. It was like, this not the team. Like I'm telling you, that really happened. Like I felt that one. Like that was that was a, and then we had one guy, and shouts out to him, he knew who we were, and he <laughs> stood on a rock as we walked by and he said, Are you the indie football players? <laughs> if so, good luck and beat Pitt. <laughs> Which is never a sure thing, by the way. Pitt's so, super weapon is a, terrifying. So he was really actually getting out of the way. There's a, there's a slew of different type of people around. Oh, that's – oh, man. That's pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, you get your ego checked. I want to do it. I want to do a breakfast walk. I want to oh, suit up scars. with the scout team. Oh, oh yes. That would yeah. be great. I want to suit up and walk. Life. Yeah. And experience yeah. that moment. My God! Wow! It's sad. It's sad. It's a sad moment. But it, it, you, you know, you don't want to get in the way of the other players getting in their game. So you try to hide your 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 uh, disappointment when right. when you see people like Mike. Hey, Mike! Good luck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Guys, so again. At the Wilder Things on Twitter, at Gojo Show. Let Charlotte know what she needs to be looking for this college football season. That is the kind of stuff you heard the diligent reporting into the background of Miss Rev and what goes on at Texas A&M's campus with one of the most famous mascots in sports. Those are all the great things that Charlotte Wilder is going to be providing for you guys this football season. Charlotte has provided us with so much today. Friend, we can't thank you enough as always. You're the best. Obviously, we are going to have a busy football season, hopefully doing stuff together, as well as dropping things in the background on the way out. Sorry, my phone just plummeted off of the table as you're giving me such a nice farewell. Um, Thank you guys so much. I can't wait to – let's do this again with some college football stuff under our belts. It's always such a pleasure. Happy to happy to chat anytime. If you can't tell, I love it. (laughs) We all love it. We love you. (laughs) The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's going to win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish in Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Thank you to Charlotte. Crazy River that Stu Gotts would absolutely be proud of here. And I think we more or less solved the mystery surrounding the many layers of the Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski recent news. So I feel good about that. I feel good about the work we've done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime we get a real journalist, Big J journalist in here, we get a little big journalism drip. So you're welcome, people. It does. It sort of makes you raise your game. We all of a sudden look around at how big the J is over there, and we realize we need to upgrade the size from ours from lowercase to capitalize, and now all of a sudden we're cooking with gas out here. But Brandon, if we're going to cook with gas, let's turn this thing all the way up. Uh Do you know 
what time it is. <clears throat> I'm all out of faith, this, that, and the third. I'm cold and I'm ashamed, lying naked on the floor. Illusions never change into something real. I'm wide awake and I can see the perfect sky is torn. I'm a little late, this, that, and the third. Third. Promises made, promises kept, man. Promises made, promises kept. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. I lo- God bless the broken road that leads us straight to this, that, and the thirds intro every single time. Flawless. <laughs> As always, download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo. Wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star rating and a review and tell Brandon how much you love the way he is rocking. And Brandon, speaking of someone rocking, Sue Bird making sure she... Woo does not go out on anything less than her own terms. The Seattle Storm swept the Washington Mystics on Sunday, and Sue Bird, at the age of 41, became the oldest player in WNBA history to record a playoff double-double. She had 18 points and 10 assists in their 97-84 win. Now, I believe she broke her own record, which was from 2020 when they beat the Las Vegas Aces, um, when she was at that point 39. But regardless, an impressive performance, one that we are not totally surprised by given her greatness. According to StatHead.com, just three NBA players have had a playoff double-double in their 40s. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, and John Stockton. The only player to do it at an older age than uh, Larry Bird uh, was Carl uh, Malone and Ooh. John Stockton as well. So rarefied air for Sue Bird, and not at all surprising. We remember she lost her last home game during the regular season. Clearly, she right. kind of knew what was coming here and that she'd have opportunities to write that bad taste in her mouth in front of the front home crowd, and she did just that. Yeah, like uh, most vets, they know the only thing that really, really matters is the playoffs, right? Um Selfishly, I think I want the Seattle Storm to move on and play the the Phoenix Phoenix Mercury, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Aces are up on them, and they're probably going to they're number one for a reason. Uh, but I do I do have faith in Seattle and Sue Bird continuing to go out in a very electric matter. So uh, you know you know how we are, Mike. If you get a chance to grow up with the greats and you get to see them go out in a great way, like where's the jersey? I'm putting it on. Yep, exactly. So it is. Absolutely true. We're all holding on for dear life on this one. Um, They have reached the semifinals, like you said, so there will be at least one more home game in front of the home crowd at Climate Pledge Arena. That'll be a pretty cool moment, and we'll see. You know, again, this has been a wild start to the WNBA playoffs already. A lot of really closely contested series in the first round, so very much looking forward to what Sue Bird has left in the tank because, according to this game, seems like a fair amount here. Brandon? Let's get to that. That involves another... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Just to clean it up, the Aces already beat the Mercury. Just so I know. Just so we just we all know. Oh. They're done. Got it. Okay, yeah, no, I was I was going to say, it, they the yes. Storm will face the Las Vegas Aces that much is secure in the semifinal yes. round in the WNBA playoffs, so... The more you know, accuracy and reporting, Big J stuff, we'll fix it in post. Let's get to that, Brandon, and that involves another player playing well into their advanced age. Udonis Haslam has announced that he will be back for a 20th NBA season as a 42-year-old. This announcement came Sunday at his basketball camp in Miami, and he said, I decided to follow through with what me and my father had talked about, and I will finish what I started and played 20 years. The deal is one year and $2.9 million with Miami. Um, They extended the offer to him two months ago, and I know in listening to the Dan Lebitard show and listening to Mike Ryan and those guys talk about this a lot, a lot of the thought was Haslam was waiting to sign this deal to try and give the Heat some leverage in what they might potentially be doing on the free agent market with some of the bigger fish out there, some of the names that we had know. know. We know Donovan Mitchell and the conversation around the Utah Jazz after a dinner we saw him attending with Jimmy Butler and you know some of the things about the other volatile free agents or potential trades in the market but um we figured all roads were going to lead back to here he's essentially been a coach on the bench and more of a culture setter for Miami in recent years but 
Uh, we know rarefied air, Kobe Bryant and Dirk Nowitzki are the only NBA players to play 20 or more seasons for a single franchise, according to ESPN stats and info. So that is now what Udonis Haslam represents to the Miami Heat. Hey, man, and, and it's different for him. It's different for UD. Uh, I went to I was lucky enough to go to the arena and watch the Miami play when they had the Heatles and to see the amount of UD jerseys out there uh, from actual fans. Right. And, and the, it, it proves how important he is to the city. He's from Miami. I didn't like this originally. But when you think about it, the fact he was undrafted, you know, 20 years in the league, like. I mean, same thing with Sue Bird. Not the same thing as Sue Bird because, you know, she's actually playing meaningful minutes in her last year, which I'm not sure UD is going to be doing. He's done a lot of player on the bench, uh, or coach on, player coach on the bench, Jackie, Jackie Moon style. But uh, happy for him. Happy for the Miami Heat. And uh, I, 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 this obviously must be something that Pat Riley – and Eric Spolster once, so therefore it's good for the team. Well, yeah, I guess that's the thing is this was a guy that was operating and his offseason course was plotted in the best interest of this team. I think if anyone can be given the benefit of the doubt that the way they move is probably going to have the top-end best interest of the Heat in mind, it's UD. Uh, we did mention he talked about what him and his dad mentioned. His father passed away in August of last year, in August of 2021. He had taken a couple of weeks away from the team. And so that also does have to be tremendously impactful, even as a 42-year-old man, navigating life after that kind of big change and being able to make good on a promise kept like that, even acknowledging that we know he's handling business in the right way for all the right reasons for the Miami Heat. Getting to go and, and keep that promise and fulfill that has got to be incredibly satisfying. So we'll see UD on the sideline probably getting in fights with the other teams opposing players and keeping the peace there and generally being the most respected member of what feels like a Miami uh, Miami Heat mafioso in the way that they are uh, conducting things under the Pat Riley regime there so very excited to continue to see a familiar face on the sidelines Brandon let's get to the third though this let's... one made me think of you as soon as I saw the headline from front office Ooh. sports Rutgers football has apparently racked up over the last two years a $450,000 DoorDash bill during the pandemic. Apparently, the university's football team during COVID allowed uh, the NCAA rules required athletes to quarantine for up to two weeks. And so, in that time, Rutgers decided that if their athletes were quarantined, they would be able to use DoorDash with the university paying for the cost of it during that time, the delivery service to bring food to them while they were in quarantine and couldn't be in contact with other people. Um, the university says it was just following the guidelines there. Apparently, the student-athletes were also using the service while they were away from New Jersey, placing orders from as far away Ooh. as Florida in favor of this. Um, the university has still employing the program, has actually switched to Glubhub, or Grubhub as its delivering service, citing lower costs. But, Brandon, I enjoy people getting pissy online, talking about how, and they bring up in this article, Rutgers ran at a $73 million deficit in 2020 and 2021, as if the four hundred and fifty grand that the players spent on food while they were trying to play football in the middle of a global pandemic was a driving force of this cause. I salute these young people for going out and taking every Thank last you. dime that they can from these institutions because as we always say on there, they're going to get theirs out of you. And so if someone is going to let you order food for free, damn right use it while you're home. Order for your friends and family. Make sure you run up the tab on that. I promise you, no one's going to be out here snitching. This, to me, honestly, should have been higher. The only thing I'm disappointed in is that they didn't Thank crack you. a full half a million dollars. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. Because I was just, I was just breaking down the numbers, right? That's not that crazy of a bill to me, especially not with the inflation that you get in New Jersey. Right. And if those guys were using it in Florida, guess where else they have inflation? Mar-a-Lago. OK, so listen, four hundred fifty thousand dollars for the last two years. Right. That's seven hundred and thirty days. Right. If you divide that, that's only six hundred and sixteen dollars and forty five cents per day for that Rutgers team. 
And if you're talking about how many players on that team, usually some of these football teams, you know this, Mike, especially in the big team, they have up to 70, 80 players on the roster. Even if you divide that 616 number in by 60, so those are the players that are actually traveling most of these days, $10 a day per student? Per student athlete while they're trying to eat? Y'all got off lucky, Rutgers. This shouldn't even have been reported. Y'all should have been reporting the fact that y'all should have spent more money on y'all players to eat good off Uber Eats. And Uber Eats or DoorDash, wherever the delivery services is in Jersey, they have great lamb, great Mediterranean food. There's all kinds of different things that you can get. Of course, you're going to dabble. This, to me, you're right, just signifies that now, after Rutgers is now full of new money after the Big Ten's latest TV deal, again, $8 billion over the Man. course of seven years, this should be standard operating procedure for every athlete on every Big Ten campus now. If you want to order food, it should be on the university tab. We already see, I understand, it's paid for in a variety of ways. All the old rules about when you could feed athletes when we were in college, which was almost never, right. it was the old joke you could give them bagels, but you couldn't give us cream cheese to put on them. That's how dumb and outdated the NCAA NCAA rules were we've left most of that in the past and now you can provide food in a lot of meaningful ways this just needs to be another one you are meeting people at the times delivery services have never been more popular than they are right now and you are flush with cold hard cash in the big 10 keep your athletes fed keep it convenient let this gravy train keep on rolling here proud you know what these are we're going to look back and say this Rutgers team trailblazers in the genre of getting Amen. food in even greater volumes and an even greater ease to athletes that are out here working hard on campus to bring home the big bucks. That's all this is. That's all this is. Like literally like Robin Hood style trailblazers. Like I can't, I'm, I'm, I can't get off this low number. It's, it's, it is true. They are actually, they see, this is them operating with like, all right, you know, we are in a pandemic. We know the school is going through a hard time right now. Right. We are going to take it a little easy. Kick the floodgates off, y'all. Go out here and order to your heart's content. <laughs> yes. Make sure, since the school's picking it up, you tip extra. Because I know a lot of those delivery services oftentimes shortchange the driver. So make sure you are tipping extra while it's on the university tab so that the fine people that are bringing you that food are also able to go home and provide for the people that they need right there. That is the bit of good you can do while mm. you fill your bellies in this process. That's... Mm is the college athletic world we want to live in. This is the podcast we hope you continue to want to live in. We thank you, as always, for making it to the end of this thing. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review Gojo wherever you use your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game-changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.